gracious God, we give you thanks for this word today. Forgiveness is challenging, and there are so many misconceptions about it. Let us, let us open our hearts to what forgiveness is, how to go about it, it, the example that Joseph has given. In Jesus' name, amen. Sean was a good friend of ours for, um, a good friend of Mike's and, and um, mine for many, many years. I actually met Sean um, through, because he was dating a roommate I had, and this was back in the 80s. And a uh, wonderful guy. He, uh, he was a mechanic, so it, was, it very much helped us out, especially because at that time I drove a 78 Ford Pinto. Do you, anybody remember those? Oh, you had one? Oh, oh no, but a 78 Ford Pinto with the reputation it had uh, and all. Um, and I didn't take care of cars. I didn't take care of cars. I drove until something happened to it. And he, all these, my sermons seem to revolve around cars for some reason, I just realized. Um, a 78, and until something would happen, and then I would say, hey, Sean, can you fix this? And he was great, a great guy. Um, my roommate uh, really enjoyed um, being in his company, and he was fun to go out with. And again, we were young. We were in our 20s, and um, just fun to hang out with him. Um, and, and we kept in touch with him over the years. Uh, when, when I met Mike, um, Mike was living in Aston, and um, he needed a roommate. And uh, Sean became his roommate. And everything was going well. We had a good time together. We, it, was, it was a nice little uh, um, camaraderie we had and uh, went out together, talked about things, laughed. It was wonder. He was a wonderful guy. Worked on our cars again. And time went on. And uh, he, he, moved, he had moved out. And then Mike and I had gotten married. Um, and Sean uh, met a woman and moved to Maryland. And uh, we would hang out with them now. So it was Mike and myself and, and uh, Sean and Carrie. And uh, it was fun. Again, it was fun. It was magnificent friendship. We got along great. And then things started happening. And he would cry to us about how his marriage was falling apart. And um, he needed to get out of there. And because he was a friend for so long, and this was probably in the late 90s, early, early 2000s, and uh, we were living in Bear, Mike and I, and he, he called us and he said, it's not working out um, and I need a place to stay. And, and uh, we actually had an extra room and we didn't mind. We're like, yeah, we have an extra bedroom. You can, you can stay here until you get back on your feet. And uh, we were glad to do it, helping him out. He had been such a wonderful friend for us for so long. And there was no reason to think otherwise. There was no reason to think otherwise about Sean. And things started happening. We noticed things missing from our house. He asked me to borrow my car. Again, car. Uh, <laughs> turned out that uh, when I got the car back, it wasn't in the same shape that, that, um, that I loaned it. He was stealing money from us. We, have one of those, we had one of those big uh, jars, those empty, um, yeah, yeah, water jugs. Thank you, Irene. 
I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> a water jug that we would constantly put our change in, and it was full. He, I don't know how he did, I still to this day don't know how he did it. He must have had a dolly. He took it out of the house. I mean, imagine how much that weighed. He stole, he stole more from us. I was so beside myself with, what did, look at what we did. When he was coming to live in our house, I went out to make, I went out, bought new sheets, bought new everything for him. I wanted it to be a nice place to, for him to be. I wanted it to be a sanctuary, bought new towels for him. Anything we have is yours. You're, you're a wonderful friend of ours. And then when we got stolen from, it was, it was a hurt that was so, it was deeper and indescribable. I don't think I've ever felt emotions like that before. He came back to our house. He was crying, crying his eyes out, saying, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did this. And I said, you're going to explain why you did this. Why, why would you? In fact, I don't even think I could utter the words. I think I just sat there because to be betrayed like that, was different from anything that I had ever experienced. And I stared at him and I said, like, why? He said, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again, I won't do it again. I had compassion on him and, I, and um, we had compassion on him. And I said, can I, can I please stay here? I promise it won't happen again, I'm so sorry. Again, because we had known him for so long, I trusted him. So we said, okay, we'll give you another chance. This is a one-time deal that probably happened. He stole from us again. <laughs> he stole from us again. Are these bringing back bad memories? <laughs> like, he stole from us again, and that was it. We never were a, and uh, I had, I brought the cops in, the, the Newcastle County cops in, and I, I was filing a report. The, the betrayal is unfathomable when it's someone that's a friend of yours. And I hope you've never gone through this, but the betrayal, I, it, it's so much better if you don't know them, if it's just random, a random person. But when somebody that you know and you've trusted and you brought into your house and you've tried to do the best for them, and the biggest thing was, that is not fair. That is not fair that we gave you everything. We pr I prepared a room for you. I went out to, um, we went out to buy new things for you. We didn't give you just secondhand stuff. These were things we bought for you. I loaned you my car just to have it messed up on me. And this is what you do. We never heard from him again. Uh, he was on the run <laughs> and uh, he's, he wanted, it, it was a felony for how much he stole from us. It became a felony. It was over thousands of dollars. And uh, I've, I've never, of course, received an apology. We've never received an apology from him. And I was angry for a long time. And I said, this, this messes me up for trying to help anybody else out. And it seethed with me. It, it stayed with me. And I didn't know how to work through it back then. But then as time went on, I realized I couldn't constantly be allowing this to penetrate my being. I couldn't allow this. I, I needed to, to break free of the, the terrible betrayal and the unfairness that someone that we had known so well could do something like this. Could do something like this to us. 
it is hurtful. What happens when we feel that we are doing the right things, loving our family, loving our friends, caring for one another, living the way Christ commands us to live, and then someone betrays us, somebody does something, and it's unexpected. Maybe somebody is in trouble financially and we want to help them out, and then we get scammed by them. But the word that penetrates my life, and the word that is penetrating my life and that is, that is uh, speaking to me, especially over the, all this time, is, and in preparing this, is the word forgiveness. Forgiveness. Maybe it's because the time has passed and I can't let it absorb my entire life. I can't be enveloped by that. So a large aspect might be that distancing because of time. I will never receive an apology. Yet I feel like if I ever saw him again, I wouldn't wish him harm. I don't wish him harm anymore. And that's the power of the forgiveness. That is the power of what forgiveness is. I'm not bound by the weight of the anger that I once had. I'm not consumed by it. It is not weighing me down anymore. And, uh, and let me tell you this, and I need to put this in as a caveat. Would Sean be my best friend if, I, if he came in here? Would he be my best friend? Would, would I be compelled because I claim to be a Christian that I need to go out and have coffee with him? No, no. But I wish him no harm. And that's the difference. We were having a little conversation, um, Peggy and I back there, and we were talking about what is forgiveness? What, where, where do we draw the line with boundaries with, with this? So this is a segment in my sermon that I need to address, and I feel it's important because I keep hearing this over and over again, but I'm not a Christian if I don't do this, but I'm not a Christian if I don't allow them, if I'm not accepting them back in my life and allowing my boundaries to be crossed because they have shown me before that they will hurt me and that they are toxic in my life. I wish you well, but I have learned from that experience. I wish you well, and I have forgiven you, but I am learning from that experience, and I will not be a doormat. I wish you no harm, but I do not seek vengeance for this. I am not out to see that you are hurt just as much as I am. Forgiveness is getting rid of that weight, getting rid of the weight that, that is upon you because you've been betrayed. Imagine how Joseph feels. Ten, his ten brothers want to kill him. He's the favored child, and his ten brothers want to kill him. They throw him in a pit, and then they say, better yet, let's, uh, let, let's sell him into, tr into slavery, which was awful. So selling him into Egyptian slavery, and now he's spending time there, and he's never getting an apology for that. He's, never, he's living the life now. Could I wallow in that forgiveness? But I did in the beginning. 
could I wallow in the unfairness of it, which I did in the beginning. But our almighty, sustaining creator God has exalted me to a place where I can use these experiences to help others and to show the good news of Jesus Christ no matter what. I've been hurt by other people before. I've been hurt by family members deeply. And I wish them no harm, but I will not become your best friend. I will not be their best friend. I will not be going out for coffee with them. <laughs> I know my boundaries, and it has taken me a long time, a long time to learn that. But I have forgiven them. Because I, I, my, my focus now is how I can use these experiences to bring the good news of Christ. To say, you're in the same situation as me? I can tell you how we, we, can, uh, we can be together in this. You're going through that same experience? I did too. It helps one another when we are able to share those experiences and how we have forgiven, how we have allowed God to penetrate our lives, to penetrate, to sustain us through these hurts. It is not easy, my fellow human beings. And I emphasize human beings because we are human beings and we have feelings and we get hurt. And we say, oh, I can't forgive that person ever. You know what? Forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness is a process. It's not a one and done. If it was one and done, I'd be in big trouble because it has taken me time to work through forgiving, to work through someone I thought we thought was a good friend of ours and who did this to us. It took time but I'm not bound by the weight anymore because I'm focused on my Lord and my creator and my sustainer. It's a process to forgive. And I know many of you in here that I've spoken to, I don't know how, I don't know how to do this because I'm a Christian and I don't know how to forgive because I can't forget what happened. You don't have to forget, but you wish them no ill. You wish them no harm but you stay with your boundaries. Joseph forgave his brothers for putting him in the pit and selling him to the slave traders. God used him. He speaks about this in, in the word that Irene brought us this morning, how God used him. Joseph says to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, I am your brother, the one you sold into Egypt. Do not be distressed. Do not be angry for selling me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. The famine, he's able to feed people now. For two years, there was famine in the land. And for the next five, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for the remnant of, on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it was him that sent me here. It was God that sent me here. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household, the ruler of all Egypt. God has exalted me. God has placed me 
in a position where I'm able to extend the good news of Jesus Christ through all that hurt, through all that forgiveness, the process of forgiving for wishing no harm. I'm in a place now because back then I wondered, what is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of this person doing this to us when we, when we shared a home, when we shared everything with him? What is the meaning of this? And the meaning is that I'm able to relate to those going through a similar situation. I'm not able to relate to everybody's situation on a personal level. But these are the levels that, that, that hurt, that betrayal of someone you know so well. That I'm able to relate and I feel exalted to the point where it is meaningful because God wastes nothing. He did not waste this experience. He did not waste it. Who is greater than Joseph that has shown forgiveness? Who greater than Joseph who has shown forgiveness? Interaction. Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate role model for forgiveness and the reconciling bridge to our God. When we forgive, we see that face of God. When we forgive, we see that eternal, loving, merciful, sustaining, compassionate God. This is the same God who exalted Joseph to the position of that high influence in Egypt. The same, guy who sent his, the same God who sent his son, the incarnate God, to earth to experience all of this. To experience human life, to experience being betrayed by his family, by his friends. All the people who left him while he was hanging on the cross. Who said that they would never leave him. I will always be with you. And then they left. Peter denied Christ. Imagine the hurt of that. And Jesus in his forgiveness. He was fully human, remember. Fully human. It's one of those mysteries. When I was a kid, I used to think, well, he was 50% God, 50% human, so he's got more of the God. Fully human, fully divine. Tempted, went through everything that we went through, so he, he knows what it feels like. This is the same God who lifted Jesus to the right hand. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. He exalted Jesus, and he is the ultimate in how to forgive when things are not fair. He wastes nothing. In Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So friends, if you have found yourself in these positions, if you have found yourself in a situation where you feel, I can't forgive, give yourself a break and know that it's a process. Know that it doesn't have, know that you don't have to forgive somebody by three o'clock today or you're not Christian. It's a process. Allow God to come into your heart to, to sustain you through that. And remember that it means you're wishing them no harm. Because God is going to take that experience and use it. It will not be wasted. It will be used for his glory 
It will be used for his glory in Jesus' name. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word today. We give you thanks that we have misconceptions about what forgiveness is. That we see the face of God through this. That we're not unchristian because we have a hard time. That we are fully Christian and we fully see your face, God. We fully experience you. Help us in our, in our process of forgiveness. Help us on be unburdened. Help us as Jesus was our ultimate role model in forgiving. And that Joseph, in his forgiving of his brothers, is our role model as well. Even in the sin that the human being that he was. Almighty God, we ask you. Holy Spirit, sustain us. Take us through this. In Jesus' holy name, amen.